What's crack-a-lackin' everybody? Money Smart Guy, Matt Zappala here, hailing to you from Dallas, Texas. And once again, we have another episode here of the Millionaire Goals Podcast, episode 23. Michael Jordan's number My man. Uh, in studio with me is home team, Milton Alvarez. Come on, baby. What's going on, brother? You're amazing. And uh, we've got uh, a lot of topics here to discuss with you. Uh, a mom is allowing her kids to tell her to F off. She says she's a great mom. We'll unpack that. Uh, couples are breaking up. And no, it's not because of money. We'll tell you why here in a second. A recent article just got released. Uh, LeBron James is shooting a new movie, a movie about to be released here in 2023. Uh, we'll talk about that. Messi, soccer star, the GOAT, turning down a $400 million offer from Saudi Arabia. And guess who he signs with? Uh, uh, many Christians are believing that churches should now be providing counseling care. But uh, here's what pastors have to say about this type of study. And uh, we have a bunch of videos here to react to as well. So uh, uh, speaking of videos, let's jump right into it, man. And uh, uh, what 50 Cent here says about dating and who should pay on the first date. By the way, who should pay? Before we go into the video, who should pay for the first date? You take a girl out to the date, who should pay? Automatically the man, man. Automatically the man. Automatically the man. I agree. Let's, uh, let's take a look at this. Who pays on a first date? Who pays? Who pays on the first date? Whoever idea it was to go on a date. <laughs> 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 if you know this about me, uh, well, you know, it's, I, that's, I guess that's the modern thought process behind it, huh? I mean, that's, uh, the, sh chivalry, the chivalry, chivalrous thing to do is the man pays, 100%. right? And I think you and I were both raised some, some of the same cloth. Yeah. At, uh, and nine times out of ten, it's usually the guy asking her on a date anyway. Usually. Yeah, usually, right? Yes. Um, uh, guys, in, in my, when I was dating, you know, I had a, a fairly healthy dating life before I got married uh, to Sheena for the last uh, nine years and dating her for three years beforehand. Um, I can't tell you uh, too many times I've been asked on a date. I think many women, when, I'm, when I was coming up in the, in the 90s, uh, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, uh, a lot of them weren't as proactive as yeah. many women today. Uh, you, know, so, you know, SauceCast just had uh, Fresh and Fit. Mm -hmm. uh, was, they did a live thing. And uh, let me ask this question. I, I might be shifting the topic here real quick, but the question was asked, by the time a woman's 25 years old, they were asking these ladies, "Yeah, what's your body count? What's the, not you, what's your average body count for a woman that finally hits mid-20s? By the way, what do you think they said? What, what do you think, what do you think get, take a stab at it. What do you think these women said the body count was by the time they're 25 years old, how many men they slept with? Ten, ten plus, ten plus. Nowadays, keep going, keep going. Fifteen, keep going. Twenty, keep going. Y'all some empty ass women. Twenty five, <laughs> twenty five. That's what they said. The average for one lady says between twenty. Uh, an older lady in her forties, she said between twenty five and fifty. You're like what? Some ladies are oh, three and ten. Some girls are like eighty on that whole entire show, right? Yeah. So they averaged it out, basically twenty five. So. So for, for a while, uh, me personally, um, it would bother me to even know the body count. Uh, call it insecurity, call it jealousy, call, call it whatever you want. But for some reason, that really never sat well with me. Um, I, I, I just can't put my finger on it. But here's the thing. Now the argument is, you know, why does it matter? Anything that, that I did before you, why does it matter? If right now it's just you and I. 
Um, some women take pride in it. I was just talking to someone, one of my friends, and uh, you know, she, she has a 12-year-old child. She's been yep. with the guy for about 12, 13 years. They ended up getting a divorce maybe about a couple yep. years ago. Yep. And she's like, Milton, I'm very proud of myself because I've kept my body count in a single hand and I still have fingers left over. Wow. You know, okay. and she's 33, 34 years old. Wow. So three, four, three, four yeah. guys, whatever the case may be. And then I have, you know, friends who have younger sisters who are 22, 23 years old. Yeah. And their body counts already over 15 years old, which also includes mm. orgies, threesomes, foursomes, and things mm, of that yeah, nature. Yeah. Yeah. So, in multiples, <laughs> what differentiates those two kind of women, and also men, right? But those two kind of women. And is it normal to have a high body count? And you know, feel some type of way, or is it genuine in your eyes? Do you think it's a guy just being insecure of himself? That's why a lot of women say you're just you're insecure. You know, that shouldn't matter of of my past. You're just um, and forgive me for the language, but a lot of these women say you're just a beta bitch. You just care too much sure. about my body yeah, count, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that should not be a factor in yeah. in the us now. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, it's, it's the question was asked though in the audience, men. What's your body count? Now, what do, what do you think most guys say? Yeah. Oh, I got a large body count. Right? Blah, blah, blah. Some guys lie, though. Uh, sure, right? So that way they can get that girl. Because which sex, which gender is easier to have to to uh, have sex? Really, it's in the control of a woman to say, okay, we're going to have sex for the most part. Because guys, we're ready to go. Yeah. We're, you know, we're like a microwave, boom, 30 seconds, we're ready to go. <laughs> 10 yeah. seconds, we're ready to pop, boom, popcorn, right? We're ready to rock. Women's different. You know, you got to... You got to you know, foreplay, you got to work it, you got to you know, work up the, the, the experience. So when, when, you're, when you're looking at uh, the guys are beating themselves on the chest, I got a high body count, high body count, you might be lying, but this is what the flip side was. Did they like a girl with a high body count? Yeah. What do you think the guy said? Do you, if, you had a girl, if you knew I had a girl that had 25, she's 25 years old, and she had a, she'd been on a lot of dates, men pays for it, yeah. and you know she's got a high body count. What, what does her stock rise in your eyes or does it drop in your eyes? Originally, drop. But right now I'm in a position, again, after hearing all these women speak about it doesn't matter, you're just insecure. You know, a man like that is just insecure. Now it has me at a crossroad of am I, have, have I been wrong all these years to feel the way I feel? Uh -huh. Or should I be perceiving the idea of body count in a completely different manner? So that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm on that crossroad. It's like, does it matter? Does it not matter? Should I care? Should I not care? Good. Well, you, by the way, that's great because you're growing. Okay, but what, what what do what do men value? Do men value uh, a, 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 a suit, a, 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 a baseball card, a car, a house that everybody has, or does he value custom clothing? Does yeah. he value a one of one, you know, a, a Michael Jordan rookie card? Yeah. Does he value a, a car that a lot of men can't buy? Does he value a neighborhood and a zip code that he can provide for his family that a lot of men can't? What, what, so what does he value? Yeah. He, he, val he values rare, right? Yeah. And since the history of humankind, I mean, I was watching this, uh, uh, what was it, uh, uh, Geisha, okay? Uh, uh, Geisha, uh, uh, a, a, a Japanese, basically a Japanese. Oh, uh, Geisha. Geisha. Gay show. G-E-I-S-H-A. Yeah. Geisha. That's what you wanted to hear. <laughs> Geisha. G-E-I-S-H, right? There is yeah. a movie. And she was basically, she's a she's a, a geisha movie. Uh, let's take a look at this thing here. Um, memoirs, memoirs of uh, memoirs of a geisha. Okay, uh, can we take a look at my screen real quick so you, guys, you can show? Okay, so that, that's the movie. Okay, and so the traditional Japanese man, she's a virgin, right? Yeah. And guess what? Men paid over a premium for her to be his. 
A premium. A premium. These guys paid all this money above everybody else. Because why? Because she hadn't slept with nobody. She's a virgin. So a lot of men uh, in the history of humankind want a virgin. They want a low, in other words, a low body count. That's, that's what men value. So, so my, my, my question to you, Milton, if that's what you value, are you saying uh, it's not, not a big deal for me? Or is it also part of the conversation of, well, you know, women today, I, it's kind of like what's at the store. <laughs> it's, that's what's available. It's, well, for me right now, again, I, I, that's the market I, I got to deal with, man. I'm, 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 I'm in a, I'm in a position where I have a lot of women in my family. I'm out of, at least from my mom's side of the family, from my dad's side, or at least from from, the, from the, my mom's side of the family, out of ten family members, there's only two guys, and I'm the oldest. Okay, I'm the oldest. So, being around a lot of my nieces and cousins, and you know, far even far second, third cousins, far, far relatives, I see their patterns. You know, I, yeah. I see how to the world they portray it. They're, they're this innocent, pure. You know, um, no one penetrates that bubble, that that that, yeah. that those boundaries. But behind closed doors, on the, on the down low, on the hush hush, yeah. they're reckless. Yeah. So even now, even for men, even for women, it's hard for women to even trust men. Because I'll be honest with you, for me, you know, I I wouldn't say again, excuse my language, I wouldn't say that I had a whole phase, because majority of my twenties, I was in two deep, strong relationships. In my my late teens into my early twenties, I was I was in a high school relationship where it ended not, not that not not so great. And then after that, um, I I took some time apart from dating people. And then I, you know, I ended up encountering the woman that I actually ended up proposing to in 2014, 2015, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was my fiance for X amount of time. By 2018, I was her and I were were done. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, it ended for for various reasons, but it wasn't for cheating or infidelity, which is because we weren't mentally or emotionally or financially prepared to be with each other. Yep. So there was only a small window in my life that I quote unquote explored. And okay. even in that small window, on some level, it's that guilt of like, fuck, I shouldn't, I should have just utilized that time for myself. And not to entertain other women. So now, if I go to a woman like, "Hey," and first of all, how do you even, how, do, how do you even bring that up in conversation? Like, so what's your body count? Well, I ask. Hey, by the way, do, do you value do you do you value my, if you're dating? Right? Yeah. Say, let's have first date, second date. I'm just, I'm, I'm just curious. You know, um, I have an intention of dating. You know, I'm not screwing around. I'm not messing around. But um, let's assume that you're dating to have a purpose of marrying. Yeah. But if you're just dating just to kind of sleep around, which I get, um, you don't give a shit. Yeah. Right, she's she, she, she. There's no long term, you know, aspirations for this relationship. You're just trying to you're just trying to get laid, brother. I, yeah. I, I get, I, I understand. But uh, if you're dating to marry, yeah, and to pursue a lifelong partnership, it's a conversation that I had early on with Shannon. I said, "Babe, listen. Um, <laughs> one thing you got to know about me, okay? There's pre-Christ and post-Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you judge me however you want to judge me, but um, I was in the clubs a lot." And I did this, I did this, blah, 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 blah. And some things you got to know about me. Boom, I just want you to know that. Can I ask the same question for you? Yeah. Or about you? Can I ask the same question about you? Um, uh, uh, have you been you know, at college or athlete in sports, sports fraternity, sports dormitory? You know, you're on the Pittsburgh football team. And, you know, and, and, and you're on all these other jocks, high-level people. She said, babe, listen, if you understand the life of a student athlete, we are constantly busy. We're constantly boom, 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 had no life. And she shared with me. You know, she shared with me her situation. I was like, okay, well, I believe it. I yeah. believe it. By the way, bro, you can tell. You know, you've been with enough women. You can tell how long 
And by enough for me, it doesn't mean a lot. It just means I've been yeah. in enough relationships. <laughs> Calm down, man. You can tell if a woman's experienced, right? You can. Oh, my gosh. You, you yeah, want, yeah. 1,000% you can. You, you're, you're in the bedroom. It's like, yeah, I've been with one dude. <laughs> yeah. With one dude for a short period of time. And then you guys are in the bedroom and she shows you yeah, like, X, Y, X porno thing. Count, you're like, yo, what the hell? Yeah, is- uh-huh. Yeah, you've had training. <laughs> yeah, you've had training. You know, what you do. you know exactly what you're doing, lady. <laughs> you know, so, you know, before we move to the next topic, I just want to button it up. Say, brother, I just want to encourage you. Don't drop your standards, man. Yeah. Don't drop them. You deserve a powerful, beautiful woman, and she's being uniquely designed, crafted specifically for you. And that was my hope. That was my prayer for me. That was my prayer for you, brother, yeah. that you find a right woman. I didn't find Sheena until I was 38 years old. 38. 38. I was from 26, from 20, 26 to 38, I was single. In that 12, 12 years of me of my singleness, finding myself and finding Christ and finding where I was where I stand in my life, I maybe dated three women. That's it, and, and no, no longer than six months. If I if I kind of didn't figure we're gonna have a long time, you're done in six months, because for me the six month mark is you know the makeup is off, you know you kind of see who she is. But uh, uh, you know, yes, uh, me if I'm gonna take a girl on a date, nine times out of ten I'm the one asking anyway. Yeah. I'm gonna pay for the date. And number two, I want to know body count. I want to know if, if she's been promiscuous. Why? She also yeah. may have some STDs you don't know about. 100%. That's what uh, Andra just spoke on right here. You need to make sure that her health is also very <laughs> yeah. accounted Herpes for. Herpes and, you, you know. You just don't know. Exactly. You yes. just don't know. Yeah. But, so. But one last thing. But more on a, on a deeper spiritual sense, um, this is something that I've, that I've been implementing into my life these last couple of weeks. And um, if this is something that you're actually going for, if you're watching this live or you're going to watch this very soon and you're actually on the journey of wanting to find a partner to walk life, to, to walk this journey of life with you on and someone that could hold, you know, hold you accountable and vice versa and walk together, grow together and grow, grow together in God, I really encourage you to start fasting. That's something that I've been doing once or twice a week where I go on 24-hour, if not 48-hour mm-hmm. water fasts. Yep. And the time that I would utilize my energy to work out or to eat or whatever the case may be, I utilize that time to get closer to God or just get my thoughts together and just brain dump on paper. Amen. And that's going to give you so much more clarity. And you're also going to see a lot of these men or women, whether you're a woman or man looking, you're going to see a lot of these men or women filter out of your life. People that you didn't expect to filter out, they'll start filtering out, and you'll see the people that are staying are meant to be in your life, and the people who are being filtered out are the ones who will need to be completely disposed of. In, yeah. in, in, in the meantime, not only save a lot of money on food, but uh, if you're dating the wrong person, you're going to blow a lot of money unnecessarily, and yes. you don't want to do that. Uh, speaking of uh, handling women, yeah. Andrew Tate here has an opinion on handling women. Let's take a look Let's at this it. video on Tate handling women. Let's check it out. I'm trying to find a husband, the kind of beast that can handle a woman like me. The average man's life, how difficult it is, how competitive he has to be, and how many problems he has to fix. Do you think he wants to handle any woman? The idea of any degree of problem, the point of having a woman as a man, for me at least, is for her to be my peace and quiet. My life is stress. When I come home to my chick, the last thing I want to do is have to handle anything. I want her to sit the fuck down and her make me happy. Mm. She needs to be my positive energy. She needs to be my sunshine in the rainstorm. Okay. So uh, you're talking about him handle you, but if you're sitting there constantly arguing over small points or correcting him or that he's probably thinking this is a bow i don't have the energy to for another fight you know it's interesting that he, he says that it's like he uh, the where shina is in, in my life she's my partner yeah. in business so she's my partner in a lot of things we've, so we're discussing these issues throughout the day and then by the time we get home we're both tired yeah you know so uh, you've got if i guess his situation where where maybe uh the women he has in his life or the woman he has in his life or whatever you want whatever is situation is uh he might be uh she might be a stay-at-home wife or what the case may be and she's got nothing all day but to wait for him to come home and say hey babe i need you to do this i don't think about this 
That's the situation. I don't deal with that situation because my wife is with me throughout the day. We have coffee in the morning together. If I don't have a, a business lunch, we're having lunch together. Uh, uh, if I don't have a, a business dinner, we're having dinner together with the kids. So we're constantly throughout the day together. So I don't have to deal with something. Now, late, late at night, guess who has a lot more words? Yeah. <laughs> she still got a lot of words. I'm like, baby, it's 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> I'm I'm down I'm 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 downloading my day and I'm, you know, I got my cigar uh, lit and uh, I'm processing my day. Just I'm, I'm good. And she goes, you ran out of words, didn't you? I said, I did. Okay, all right, honey. I'll see you in bed. <laughs> so, what's your thoughts? Well, I I go home to nobody. I go home to myself, to my own shadows. Uh, Jordan, uh, kick on the violin music. <laughs> but I'm background music. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. <laughs> But I, I would say that, I don't know, I, for, for some reason, this video, um, the way he said it, it makes it sound like, you know, his woman is just there for his per personal convenience, for his benefit, for his desires, for all. It, it's all about him and his position. Mm -hmm. And again, it kind of uh, as what you said, I, th I see relationships more of a, of a partnership. How can we add to one another? Because there's going to be days that, you know, your wife, your fiance, your girlfriend, does, you know, is doing X, Y, Z for her career, for her life, and she's going to need that extra support from her man. And, yep. You know, and if she's having an off day, but you come home and you're also having an off day, just mm -hmm. because she's having an off day and she's not meeting your needs, does that mean immediately that this woman is a disposable woman because she's not doing her quote unquote part in his eyes? Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I think it's a full 100%, you know, full 100% commitment from his end and her end or, you know, my mm -hmm. end and my, my future spouse's end. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not in a position where I can say, yeah, this is what I experienced and this is what I know. But just from the short period of time that I was engaged and we were living together, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people don't see that as a positive thing especially you know for a lot of the christians mm -hmm. out there but i learned a lot about you know what it is to be able to coincide with someone you know be living on the same roof with the one person you're about to spend the rest of your life with yeah and literally you think you know when you first move in with somebody it's you know beautiful like you know rainbows and adventure and movie Fa nights fairy and, tales yeah yep. fairy tales yeah. and within the first three days we were arguing over the toilet seat mm -hmm. toothbrush hair mm -hmm. all over the sink <laughs> makeup all over the sink of course you know, underwear we're just laying by the bed, those type of things so immediately it was a reality check. It's a reality check. So definitely, as you say, I think it's an everlasting opportunity to be able to grow with one another and to experience spiritual, mental, and emotional growth. And not because you guys are trying to intentionally teach each other, but because of that, what that whatever that person does or how they are, how they carry themselves, how their per, their, their persona persona uh, forces you to grow and forces you to think outside of your personal box. The sooner you figure out that you want a woman in your life versus girls. Yeah the much easier life is going to be. And again, this is the 49-year-old version. Talk to the 29-year-old version of me. The sooner you figure out what a woman is, you're going to get rid of the girls. And by the way, ladies, the girls, as soon as you figure out that you are actually a woman, you're going to be a woman versus being a girl. Your standards are going to stay here. You're not, you're going to, you're not going to drop your standards. You, you, you want what you want. You deserve what you deserve for the effort and the price that you're willing to pay. So... You know, I, I waited a long part of my life to find Sheena. And uh, listen, man, once I got her, I ain't letting her go. And uh, uh, next topic here. God is good when he sees you take a leap of faith. Let's take a look at this clip. You have to take chances in life. If you don't take chances in life, you'll never have the life God has for you. Life is about risk. If you play it safe in life, you ain't going to have much of a life. If you play it safe, you won't have much of a life. Life is risk. It takes it take courage to pursue your dream. I just did it. It cost me everything. But eventually, God is very good, man, when he sees you take a leap of faith.
he supplies you everything you need. Now it's gonna cost you something. But most people, most people, most people are not willing to pay what it costs to go after your dream because you're gonna have to hurt a little bit. And most people don't like being uncomfortable. If you don't want to be uncomfortable, please do not pursue success because success is a very uncomfortable feeling. Listen, man, life is outside your comfort zone. If you want your goals and dreams becoming a reality, guess where you find them? In the uncomfort zone. And so, uh, listen, when, when, we coaching our, when we're coaching our clients to save money, to plan for the kids' college education, to save for retirement, to start a business, to, to invest in their relationships, to get married, to have a lot of kids, all of these things require faith. All these things carry inherent risk. And we just mentioned last week, every decision in your life is about probabilities. Now, when you make it about yourself, that's why my, here's the premise of my book. When you make it about yourself, then you become self-made. But once you're smart enough to realize, bro, you ain't got where you're at without people behind you. You're like, oh, you're right. Oh, it's teammate. It's yeah. company mate. Yeah. But if you really believe in the path that you're on and the people that you've had in, in your life to get you to the next level, then you realize, bro, this ain't self-made. This ain't even teammate. This is faith-made. That's the premise of my book, Faith-Made Millionaire, because I don't get here unless I have a faith. And the greatest expression of faith is trusting God in the middle of the abyss. When you don't win, the next client's going to come in. We know when somebody that you just hired just quit on you. We invested all these years in somebody. So you know, I'm leaving to a competitor. When the person that uh, you're investing to build a business relationship with and they, they take off and you don't know how to make payroll, you don't know how to pay the bills, the kids are crying, I want this. Why are you saying we expect this to happen? And you don't know where it's going to come from. Guess what kicks in? Two things, fear or faith. And whatever you choose to feed, whatever you choose to cultivate, whatever you choose to harvest, that's what you're going to get. For me, I must starve my fears, but I'm going to feed and double down and say, you know, God, I don't know all the answers, man, but I trust you because you trusted me in the situation. And now you're going to trust me. And this is a test. Who am I going to lean on? Me? I'm going to do my part, but God, I know you're going to do your part. And I believe you're still in the miracle business. And God... I need a miracle. Let's go. And God is an opportunity to say, you know what? Thank you, son. Yeah. Let me show you my greatness. Let me, show, let me connect the dots for you. Let me, let me show you because you trusted me how I can elevate you to the next position. Again, that's how I look at life, how I look at it. every risk and areas of probability, even when the odds are stacked against me. Thoughts? And th that, that brings me to the idea of seasons. There's, there's going to be a season for growth. There's going to be a season of a standstill. There's going to be a season of just having intimacy and having isolation with yourself, with God and your ideas and what's come next. You know, a lot of people are consistently talking about fight, flee, or freeze. And I think those opportunities, if we are able to change the perspective on those opportunities that we get to either, uh, to, to, when we encounter situations that will force us to freeze, fight, or flee, um, being able to redirect our energy to be able to utilize those situations for growth, I think those, those, that's one of the key things when it comes down to the, these scenarios in our lives. Perspective. Perspective is very, 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 very important when it comes down to life, to situations, to people coming in and out of our lives and things that are hurting us or things that we think are happening to us, but in reality, they're happening for us. And the more we're able to encounter these situations and, and overcome these obstacles, the idea of fleeing or freezing is going to completely be derailed off of our lives. Yeah. We're going to be able to fight on any situation, any circumstance, any problem that we may have so that we can become stronger in our faith, but also stronger in within our own personal confidence of knowing that we can get past this and this too shall pass. You let God show you, man, how yeah. great he is yeah. and how good you are. And so, uh, man, I, I, that's what I love about entrepreneurship, man. 
That's why I love this. Because what, what is what is entrepreneur? The premise is one: one who takes risk. The definition of the word entrepreneur: one who takes risk. And when you're and you're when you're willing to take on a risk for the benefit of serving other people, yeah. Like the reason why you're in business because people have a problem. You got a problem. Let me make your life simpler. Let me make your life smoother. This is my product. This is my service. Let's go. Can I can I can I offer you my product and service? Thank you for making my life better. Great. The only way that happened is because you had faith to create the product to begin with, and to offer it and have the courage to to, to offer it. So um, we may not have time for the last video. Let's let's move on to our first topic here. Um, first topic here. Uh, Joe, we're gonna next that last video. Uh, the next topic I, I want to talk about is this couple saying they broke up over money. Okay. But it's not really the real reason. So let's take a look at this article, uh, Jordan. So when couples say they broke up over money, it's not the real reason. Okay. Um, psychoanalyst Aura Goralnik uh, says money is one of the biggest stressors on relationships. That's why I'm in, I'm in the business of personal finance because I want to do my part to address the big stressor in people's life. Again, that's the problem I'm addressing as an entrepreneur, invoking God to strengthen me and provide the resources and the personnel for me to address this issue across the country. That's why we created the Money Smart Movement team with Inside PHP. And so I want to hit this issue. That's my that's my life's work, yeah. to remove the stressor in, in people's relationship. So the second point of this article is why financial issues can spark intense conflicts for couples. Gralnik doesn't believe money or the lack of it is a real reason they split up. Third part is two people in a relationship can have vastly different attitudes about money. Girl, girl, not girl. Next, like so um, what's your thoughts so far before we un unpack this? So when you when you hear, see this headline, we see these uh, bullet points. What's your thoughts here on on stresses why couples actually break up? Uh, Emilia, I go I go to three things in order to be able to have a good relationship. And are you cool with if I if I unpack them a little bit? Just three three basic three basic things. Yep. From what I've read from the couples that I've studied and from just my own personal experience of my own personal downfalls. There's three things they need to be able to have. And this is something I tell a lot of, a lot of uh, my guy friends who are looking to date, who are in the middle of dating or who are already married and trying to figure out how to be better and do better. You need to be able to have three things. Number one is be able to have emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence is what? Being able to have the ability to recognize, understand, and manage your emotions in both yourself and in others. It involves being aware of your own emotions, effectively express them, and being empathetic towards other people's emotions. Number two is having good communication skills, which involves clear expression, active listening, empathy, nonverbal cues, asking questions, and respectful feedback, and also adaptability. And the final one that could also cause a lot of turmoil in relationships is something that you're very, very great at, financial literacy. You know, acquire, and that involves what? Acquiring knowledge about personal finance topics such as budgeting, saving, investing, and debt management. And also understanding how to apply that uh, that knowledge, and also being able to make informed decisions about your earnings, your spendings, your, and your savings, and also being able to practice responsible financial habits and continue continuously learning and adapting to change your financial landscape. Yeah, amen to that. So, uh, uh, in addition to that, here's here's reasons in this article of why girl Nick says couples break up. It's not about money. She says, number one, it's the inability to negotiate differences and find common ground. So m money is a major stressor for couples, uh, but it's the root cause, but it's not the root cause. Money is just a, a, a manifester, if that's a word, of indifferences about how people grew up with their money programming. So the real reason why couples split up is their inability to communicate 
empathize and compromise with each other. Like I've mentioned on the show before, I, uh, uh, my wife can spend all the money she wants to spend because we divide our money into three different buckets. We have our money, our bills, our business expenses, our personal expenses, our kids, our families. That's our money, okay? What do we want? Vacations, things we want to invest into the house, upgrades, home improvements, whatever case may be. That's our money. But also simultaneously, we have my money. Sheena has my money, her money, right? And so whatever she's got in her money account, she can spend. I don't, it's none of my business. Whatever I got in, in, uh, in my account, it's none of my business. By the way, she wants to look at my, what I have my bank account and what I spend it on. Nope, knock yourself out. I've got nothing to hide. Same thing for her. We're very transparent. Same thing, too, with our phones. Baby, you want to you look at my phone? No problem. You need my phone? No problem. Here's my phone. I'm going to look through your photos. Look through my photos. I'm going to look through your DMs. Look through my DMs. Look through my emails. Look through my EMs. Look at my text message. I don't care. Knock yourself out. And I feel the same way, too, about our finances because how you do one thing is how you do everything. Number two, she says in this article, people avoid discussing money to shield themselves from reality. Uh, what's that uh, uh, that uh, uh, habit when people go to the mall to go shopping? Uh, retail, uh, retail, therapy, retail therapy. Retail therapy. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think men do the same thing too as well. Uh, they go out and they buy trucks and guns and yeah. and some you know, uh, games for their for their Xbox. Yeah. They they do the same thing too as well. They shield themselves from reality. By the way, that's the danger of video games. That's the danger of VR. That's the danger of of, of of AI because it's shielding you from reality. You're buying, and what's, what's dangerous about what this month is said to represent, the danger is it's shielding you from the reality that is existing right now without actually addressing the issue. So uh, again, you know, by avoiding financial discussions, um, you're, you're just, you're just going to hurt yourself. Um, you know, whatever bothers you and you don't discuss, it will destroy you. When you avoid things and, and you put yourself in denial and quote unquote, I hope it fixes itself, that's not an effective strategy. So, you know, it's the time we find yourself in a financial crisis is to double down and play offense and process your, process your issue. You know, Sheena and I, we have, a, we have a counselor. We have a mentor. Thank goodness we have the same mentor. She's got her lady mentors. I got my, my uh, mentors that are men. But we also have a joint mentor. We also have a joint pastor. We also have a joint counselor. So we're constantly vibing as we're growing together Right? We're not growing apart. We're growing and building our lives together. Uh, third point here is finance can be a valid reason, according to this article, for, for, for us being t- for them being together, and money represents more than its face value. Different attitudes towards money can stem from unconscious beliefs in symbolic representations. You know, you know the, the thing with, uh, you know, I, I'm always referencing King Solomon. Uh, he says, uh, uh, where is that? Um, uh, uh, and, and it's, I can't remember which Ecclesiastes he says. He goes, listen, history merely repeats itself. Uh, because there's nothing new created under the sun. I, I can't remember which exact scripture that is, but get this monkey off your back already. If you have a relationship, you're in a relationship, you're in a partnership, you're taking care of parents, you're taking care of kids, the sooner you have conversation about money and having a financial literate conversation, having emotional intelligence, uh, the sooner you can address those type of issues, the, t- the sooner it can master you because whatever doesn't master, whatever you don't master, it ends up mastering you. Okay, uh, let's go on to the next article. Um, uh, uh, fatherhood. This mom lets her kids tell her to F off. But she says she's a great mom. By the way, for, for those of you watching this right, whether you're live or watching a replay, would you allow your kids to F off? I tell you this, if if uh, if I ever said that to my mom, <laughs> that's it, to my mom and dad, uh, I'm waking up on my next birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would you tell this to your parents to F off? And if you allow your kids to tell you to F off, what are you actually teaching your kids? Okay? But she says she's a great mom. Man, a lot of this, uh, 
a lot of this, uh, 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 you know, progressive beliefs, uh, liberal beliefs, okay? All good. I totally understand it. And uh, basically, she's a 47-year-old fiction writer, permits her daughters, Rafi and Alfreda, to tell her to F off when they please, uh, when they please, when they please, but only during their lazy days at their Cornwall, England home, but only during their lazy days. So it's kind of like cheat days in a, in a diet. So there's lazy days around mom and dad. You can tell them to F off and say what you want to say. And, but there's days now you got to be formal. Um, let, let, uh, back on us, Jordan. So when, when you're looking at um, the reason why she's doing this, um, she's also teaching her daughters the proper names for genitalia and does not use euphemisms. She encourages them to use words like, like, like shit and crap instead of softer alternatives. She even discussed the origin of the curse word F, the four-letter F word with her daughter, Rafi. So you think about this, man. You have kids one day. Do they want you, uh, do they want you in their room or not? And, and, hey, Dad, get out of my room. F off, Dad. You're a former cop. Like, yeah. <laughs> I remember um, my mom, I, and I didn't even tell her to F off. Or I didn't even uh, raise my voice at her or say anything to her. I just gave her a look, and this lady grabs a frying pan, <laughs> spanks me with it, then grabs a broom and breaks that broom on top of my head, which is probably why I'm missing a couple brain cells. Yeah. But no, nah, man, that, 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 in a Hispanic household, that definitely is not going to slide. That's not, definitely not going to slide in having that amount of um, lack of respect. But a lot of people do argue. Like if you think about it, Matt, where do "quote unquote" curse words root from? You know, uh, when, when we think curse words, if we think of the ancient times, curse words were something that were used to curse or if not hex people, like witchcraft, basically. Mm -hmm. And then as time, then throughout history, um, people started utilizing quote, certain words that people translated them into "quote unquote" curse words to be able to uh, as, a, as as a way of expression, expressing anger, frustration, or uh, some form of emotional intensity. Because we know that. If we, if I tell you to, you know, f you, mm -hmm. that's like as disrespectful. But now, if I utilize the word, you know, the, the f word in a sentence to express my my passion, my emotion, and yeah. the intensity of the sentence, it's it it, it gives more of that heightened intensity uh, when when trying to express something. But some people, some people in a certain realm, they're in the they have the ideology of that's really really bad. You should never curse, quote unquote, use a curse word, the s word, the f word, because it's it's, it's, it's bad. And then there's certain people who are like, no, dude, it's just a word and mm -hmm. it's going to intensify our conversation. Yep. As a father, as an entrepreneur, as a husband, and a man of your position, what, what are your thoughts on that? I, th I think there's, you know, there's, for me, I always tell my guys in the office, you know, if we're here to challenge each other, push each other, we're in a competitive environment. You know, we're in insurance, our insurance business, we, we have to be competitive. We have to uh, keep uh, standards and also raise standards. And in that position, you know, we're calling each other out. Right, yeah. but I say three things, man. Do it with facts. If you're gonna call somebody out, base it on facts, right? So don't just have your own opinion. You can have your own opinion based on those facts, yeah. but have some facts that you base your opinion on. So facts number two is class. Okay, you gotta have class. Nothing below the belt. Yeah. Uh, nothing talking about you know the reason why your kids don't listen to you. Da, 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 that's 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 no class. Yeah. That's, that's below the belt stuff. And then I'd say go ahead and take the gloves off because now someone's someone's got the ass kicked, right? Yeah. So facts, class, and the third one is mutual respect. I mutually respect you as a human being. I mutually respect you as a husband, a, a wife, a father, a mother, uh, a citizen. I respect you as a, as, a, as a brother and sister in Christ. Mm -hmm. I respect you as a, somebody who's looking to get better in their life. I look at, look at somebody that, 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 that is a miracle created by God, that you have a certain purpose that you have in your life. I have a mutual respect 
for you, even though I don't dis even though I disagree with you, I don't agree with a lot of things that you say. But what is what is what does Proverbs say about the tongue? About words, you know, Proverbs eighteen twenty one, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. In the New Testament, First Peter three ten says, whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. Uh, back to Proverbs. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. So the point is, just because you can do it, doesn't mean you should do it. Even me, even during this podcast, there's certain words I used and certain words I didn't use. Certain words I used publicly, certain words I used privately, but you know, I, I'm see, you know, the premise of being a believer, the premise of me being a faith-made, faith-based entrepreneur and, and, and somebody who wants to master that uh, area of my life, I'm looking to seek righteousness. Because what's the opposite of righteousness? Yeah. Is evil, wickedness. And so, and, and what is righteous? According to uh, Oxford Dictionary, it's morally right or justifiable. But for me, I'm not looking for a righteous external behavior. Because whatever I express externally, guess what I have to do though? It's the heart transformation, not the behavioral transformation. My behavior is going to represent my heart. And by the way, if I'm trying to change it too, that's stress. If I believe a certain way, but I act a different way, that's stress because now you're fake. But if you tra transform your heart, your behavior naturally is going to fall in alignment and congruency with it. So therefore, you can fully stand behind your words and your disposition about a specific topic or a different area. But, you know, what is it that you are pursuing? What is my pursuing? By the way, let's look, look at this article again. Uh, uh, Jordan, can we look at this article one more time? I'm just looking through the articles. They posted a picture of her in this article in New York, in New York Post. Uh, uh, you know, beautiful kids, right? Beautiful kids. What's missing from this picture? The father. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What's missing from this picture is the father. Because I promise you, if I said something like this around any male figure of our family, yeah. whether it be my father my uncles, my cousins, I said this to a woman, I'm getting knocked out, man. I'm getting corrected. And naturally, I can just grow up honoring and respecting other people, let alone respecting women. So uh, one thing for me, I mean, 100% I, on board. Um, question, and for the people even watching this, have you seen this um, this pastor? I, I don't know I don't know his, his name, but it's a pastor who in all of his sermons- He's cursing? He's cursing. The cursing pastor? The cursing pastor. I, I'm, I'm, I'm this pure entertainment for me, bro. Purely entertainment. <laughs> By the way, uh, 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 Jordan, can we look him up real quick? I just sent him the link. Oh, cool. Yeah. Let's look at this cursing pastor real quick and, and, and how he's preaching uh, his sermon. But yeah, I've seen him in the past. I'm like, you know, you, know, you don't like me? F you. F off B. Right? Like, <laughs> so he's talking to people. And there's certain people completely repelled from it. And the weirdest part? There's a lot people of people who, completely attracted to yes. him. Yes. Because they feel he's being real. It, by the way, would that be considered a uh, version of speaking in tongues? <laughs> I don't know, it. man. Let's see it. Yeah. You're a pastor in cursing. Be aware of the problems. We are definitely living in our last age. Well, bitch, let me tell you something. You must be a bitch like Cheryl. Yes, I cuss. I'm the cussing pastor while your motherfucking pastor ain't doing a goddamn thing. I'm the cussing pastor that used my platform to raise $6,000 for 
for this mother who was going through a plight while these other ignorant ass, non-functioning ass pastors wasn't doing a motherfucking thing in this city. Now, if that bothers you that I'm a cussing pastor, then get your motherfucking ass off my damn face. <laughs> Plain and damn simple. See, I don't play. It's about being real. It's about the truth. And I don't give a damn what none of you bitches says. None of you whole ass niggas either. So, bitch. Bye. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you off the page so you don't have to worry about it. See, y'all be worried about the wrong thing. You curse. Yes, I curse. Hell, Jesus probably cursed. <laughs> Jesus be sitting up in heaven looking at you ignorant ass Negroes and saying, "Damn, I made that fool." <laughs> oh, yeah, I was attracted to. You know, back, back to my, uh, you know, back to my uh, original beliefs. Though I, I again, it's purely entertainment for me. Yeah, it's funny. It's hilarious. It reminds me, of, you know, Bernie Mac. My one of my favorite jokes about Bernie, Bernie Mac, Mac is the, his worst of two words, MF. Right. Yeah. That's the way he closed out the Kings of Comedy. Um, hey, it's purely entertainment. Uh, does it build me? Does it grow me? Does it does does curse words invoke a certain response to you? Does it build you up? Or does, it, does it make you angry? That's another question too, as yeah. well. Right, because you know. Uh, 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 we use a lot of curse words in the military because it invoked in the immediate response. We don't care about being, being positive in the military. We got to win a freaking war. We can't get killed by our enemy. So we're going to invoke a negative uh, type of word, a curse word, to get you to move. But I don't know, back in the rear with the gear, I don't know. Uh, I've tailored off a lot of my cursing and cussing, a couple of reasons why. Because I'm raising kids myself, I want to set a positive example right. for them. And I'm leading people. So I yeah. think if you are a CEO, I think if you're a leader, you know, you know, by the way, what would Gary Vaynerchuk say about this? Yeah. He's F, he's F bombing all, all the time. Uh, uh, certain uh, uh, speaking gigs, he's got to say no to because they won't let him curse. He, he can't be him. So, yeah, um, I, I, um, I was at the gym yesterday, and when I walked up the gym, I was walking to my car, and um, I saw, I heard this guy. I, you just, it was, I was walking, I was walking to my car, and um, I'm walking out with someone, and all of a sudden, you just hear, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and I see someone, he's driving around in a Mercedes. I don't know, some guy here from Dallas driving around in a Mercedes. He's dropped a smoothie all over his Mercedes, his pants, <laughs> his shorts, the floor. And we just like, we just make eye contact. And we just knew, like, all right, man. All right. I think you've seen him around, man. I don't know. When I, when I looked in the mirror, maybe I saw him. <laughs> yeah. I, I had my moment. By the way, what's my nickname for you? Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's so but it's a, for, you know, my, my, my words have turned into a word of endearment. Uh, you, bro, you know, so, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here act, acting like I'm holier than that. Absolutely not. Yeah. I'm, uh, those words are, are in my vocabulary for sure. I haven't completely removed it. My, my residual, may, you might be judging me. I, I totally get it. <laughs> but, hey, you know, by the way, for the audience that's watching this live or on the replay, what do you guys think? What's the appropriate use, use of curse words? You know, this she she builds up a good she builds up a good point. I'm glad she has the freedom to expose yeah. her daughters to this this type of freedom and latitude. Yeah. But no. in a boardroom, in a uh, 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 you're you're looking to ask to get a job, or you're looking to raise money and capital, you're looking to lead people. I don't know if that's the most effective way to do question it. to you. Final question before we move on to, to the next topic: Does curse do curse words enhance? And to everyone watching, too, men or if not women, or whatever you consider yourself, to the people watching, including you, Matt. Do curse words enhance your sexual experience in the bedroom? <laughs> Why do you think I came here, uh, you know, bouncing up and down? <laughs> yeah, between your, 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 your wife and your husband and your, your, your partner, from absolutely. Let me ask you another question. Here's another dumb question. I go to an Anthony Robbins uh, uh, um, 
uh, uh, unleash a power within conference. Yeah, Tony Robbins. Yeah, yeah. His disclaimer in the beginning is like, I'm going to be using curse words. Yep. Why? Curse words is, uh, uh, according to his, his seminar, his curse words is a form of disrupting a pattern. Yep. Okay? To allow you, whoa, what did you say? What, what, what was that? Mm-hmm. Huh, interesting. So in other words, you're, you're taking notes and he drops an F-bomb because it's a word that you normally don't hear. Exactly. Yep. And now you're really engaged in the subject matter. And, and he's like, listen, guys, we're going to drop a bunch of S-bombs during my uh, seminar. And if you don't like it, F you. <laughs> I, I'm laughing. Yeah. Some people take offense to that. You know, I, I laugh it off and uh, some people uh, uh, do it themselves. So I don't know. What, what do you guys think, man? So is, is it a cuss word? Uh, is it a curse word? Does it put you down? Does it build you up? You know, uh, I'm in the general belief 90% of the time, uh, curse words and cuss words don't really help build up people. Yeah. You know, I, um, I cuss at myself, I, I curse myself, and I'm realizing that self talk is bad. And I need to stop it. But it's also a, a way of invoking other, other <coughs> feelings, you know, like you said, in a bedroom, or maybe when you drop a shake <laughs> in the middle of a parking lot and your twin brother somewhere says a couple words. <laughs> I just mad because I just spent all that money on a shake yeah. and it's gone. Man, it's bad. I just dropped ten bucks all over the parking lot. All right, so let's talk about um, uh, weight loss surgeries at an all-time high, doubling the past five years to who? To children, children and teenagers. Take man. it away. So here, let me, let's pull up the article. All right, all right. Um, can you look at my uh, screen, uh, Jordan? Take a look at this. So I, I have I have the the notes here from, from my end without okay. looking at the actual screen. Okay. So the number of weight loss surgeries performed on children and teen, teenagers to treat obesity ha, has nearly doubled in the past five years, with the rates rising from 726 in 2016 to about 1300 in 2021. These surgeries alter the size uh, the size and function of stomachs and intestines to assist in weight loss and reduce food intake. Dude, I, I I've heard this a lot. And, you know, people in their late 20s, 30s, 40s, and maybe even early 50s, because anything older than that, there's a massive risk to that. And you see, you see, you've seen a lot of these shows where mm-hmm. like I'm 800 pounds and mm-hmm. I'm join me on my journey. And right. that's something they do. Right. Uh, they, 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 you know, shrinking your, your stomach or those lap bands around your intestines. But for, for kids, for yeah. teenagers, I, I, I feel like that's doing more of a disservice to the children. Here's the thing. Taking shortcuts and seeking easy routes can hinder the development of essential skills, resilience, and strong work ethic in youth. Nowadays, we're already having the issue with delayed gratification and not knowing how to, what, what it means to put in the work and then yeah. getting the results later on. Again, uh, one of the things that you speak on is it took me an X amount of years in order for me to become an overnight success. Mm-hmm. It took me X amount of time yep. in order to get XYZ result. Yep. And you see people, whether they're trainers, bodybuilders, athletes, myself, even though I'm not perfect, like oh, I want to I want to be a size. I want to be mat size. I want to I want I want to build this. I want to build that. And not knowing that behind yeah, closed doors, sense. away from social media, away from any platforms, away from announcing it to the world, there's work being put in. You know, one hour a day you spend in the gym, and we might post videos here and there to show that we're working out, we're running, we're doing this, we're doing that. But the other twenty three hours, no one's watching what you're eating, what you're drinking, how much you're sleeping, how much, how well are you recovering, and that's. Unfortunately, that's going to lead a lot of our youth to these unrealistic expectations and also the lack of long-term success and satisfaction. The thing is, in being able to embrace the challenges and putting in a, a sustaining effort is crucial for personal growth and character development, especially for young people. And 
here's the thing. One of the things that parents can do to contribute to a children's health are the following things, especially if you're watching this or you know of someone who's currently encountering, uh, 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 you know, your situation at home or if you know of someone who's encountering a situation with their children who they're kind of letting go of their health and they don't know what routes to take. I've listed out a couple of things that uh, you can potentially do. You know, well, first of all, I want you to understand as parents or cousins or older brothers, siblings, guardians, whatever the case may be, or even if it's you watching this, that you're also lacking in this in this area is number one, first get educated. Get educated. You know, being able to find support and being able to find the resources in the areas they're struggling in order for you to be able to attain the help that you need. The the issue right now that we have is that there's lack of awareness or knowledge about healthy nutrition and physical activity. You know, there's limited access to nutritious food options. A lot, nowadays, a, a lot of these, a, a lot of people don't have access to quote unquote healthy foods and they fall short of being able to buy foods that are actually giving the, our bodies nutrients because they can't afford it. A lot of people are on the, you know, EBT, Link, mm -hmm. XYZ, and they can't afford the, the good things. They have to go with the basic generic things that aren't really giving you the nutrients. And those also, a lot of these foods are also causing a lot of inflammation in the body and they're actually doing a lot more damage than they're actually doing good. By the way, what, what did I ask you when I moved here to Dallas? What would I task you to do? Find the best place to eat so that way we can still mm -hmm. be on top of our goals. So, so, so I had to Milton, yep. Milton, find me because my, my business life, I'm bang, 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 bang. I, I got appointment, appointment. Oh, and I look up, it's three o'clock in the, the day. I haven't ate breakfast or lunch yet. Yeah. So your, your job, I tell you when I got here is give me a list of restaurants in my office, restaurants in my house, and what I should be ordering from their menus. Yeah. Right. Whether it be. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. You even put uh, you even put like a Burger King or McDonald's on McDonald's, there. McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, yeah. In-N-Out, Whataburger, everything. But as long as it's not an everyday thing. As long as it's not an everyday yeah. thing. Yeah. It's they're they're healthy, they're healthier options. Yep. You know, it's 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 not quality food, mm -hmm. but if that's all you have as, a, as an option, yep. we have options that you can choose from. Yep. But one of the things that I will say on an emotional and uh, psychological standpoint, you need to be able to lead your your children into a certain direction. Your children are literally going to mimic exactly what you do when it comes down to certain patterns, when it comes down to physical activity, when it comes down to day-to-day -day living, lifestyle, and also the way you eat. If they see you eating like crap, they're going to eat like crap. If they see you not doing much, mo not moving, being on your couch, being on your phone, they're going to do the exact same thing. So now, five, ten years from now, if they're doing the exact same thing that you're doing, you can't be upset. This is something that falls into your hands. And I understand sometimes we have busy lifestyles that you know, and you, you, you have to prioritize convenience over healthy choices. And you know, uh, a, a lot of what you do in life involves you being away from home. That's a completely understandable thing, but it's also being able to build a system that's going to help you and your family still be able to live healthier lives because now you're thinking longevity. Now you're thinking health-wise. Now you're thinking mental health and emotional health. Food plays a massive role in your mental and emotional health. Food plays a massive role in your physical health, including your energy. And food also plays a massive role in your hormones as men and women. And if your hormones are out of whack, if your energy is out of whack, if your mental is out of whack, your emotions are out of whack, you're going to be living a very, very poor life. And that's going to be impacting every aspect of your life, including your relationships and also your business. So the best thing you can do is first, first thing to do is first step into that yourself. Look for ways to live a healthier life. Look for ways to find better resources, educate yourself on certain things, and make it into a family thing so that way you guys can change the quality of your lives. Um, if you guys, by the way, there are endless ca uh, capabilities. You want that list that Milton gave me? If you guys want um, that list that Milton gave me in terms of what to eat locally, of course. And maybe, maybe you can adapt it. Um, send. Um, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel here at Millionaire Goals Podcast. That's number one. Drop it in the comment section. Not the live chat. Drop it in the comment section if you want that list, and then we'll find a way to uh, put a PDF link uh, there under your comments, yeah. so therefore you can get you can get the uh, that list. So, I have it ready to go, man. Just eat, one click away. I have cool. it ready to go. Okay, so make sure you drop a comment on our on our uh, Millionaire Goals podcast in the comment section. Not, again, not the live chat, but after we're done here, drop it in the <laughs> comment section. The, the, the thing too is what I'm, I'm realizing is, is my kids are 
is I'm, I'm seeing my kids' curriculum at school. There's not gym class every day. When I was when I was growing up at school, there was gym every day. You know what period you had at gym every day. You know what class you had after gym because you know you'd be stinking in that class mm-hmm. at the gym. Today, these kids, gym's on Thursday. Okay, what about Monday and Wednesday and Tuesday and Friday? No, just Thursday. That's it? So, you, you listen, one thing you have to also invest in for your kids <laughs> is not just better food, but activities. Yeah. I mean, especially for boys. You know, I, I was a kid that just didn't want to sit still in class. I want to, I had to keep moving around. Even right now as an entrepreneur, you don't, you can't find me in the office unless I'm in an appointment, I'm done with an appointment, I'm out. Yeah. You know, that's why I love being an entrepreneur because I, I don't want to be locked down to a desk. I don't want to be locked down to a boardroom. I got to be going out. If I'm, you, you don't find me at the office in an appointment, I'm at the cigar lounge, you're at the Cowboys Club, whatever the case may be, but I'm out. I'm meeting people, I'm shaking hands. That's the way I learn. That's the way I make an impact. And, and I'm grown. I could just imagine, you know, uh, young boys. I mean, I got young boys. Yeah. I just, you know, that's why we invest so heavily in their physical activities, you know, after, you know, after school. And, and just piggyback off of that. That's why you see nowadays. So if you look at testosterone levels, I'm, t- I'm talking about hormones yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Testosterone levels are one of the biggest keys for men. It plays a role in women too, but for men, that's our livelihoods. That's our mental health. That's our brain fog. That's our energy levels. That's the drive for life. That's our, 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 our motivation to do more. That's our strength. That's our muscle size, our fat, fat gain, fat loss, our, 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 our sex lives, the way we're able to please our, our wives, fiancés, girlfriends, X, Y, Z. If you look at where testosterone levels were at 20, 30 years ago in that normal range, fast forward to now, that, not, that normal range from 20, 30 years ago is nowadays considered high. And what's normal now, back then was considered very, very low. The lifestyles that we lived 20, 30 years ago, which was a lot of manual labor, mm-hmm. there was no wonder why a lot of these men were able to put, you know, uh, lay and they were extremely fertile. They were consistently under the sun, vitamin D3, vitamin mm-hmm. D3, great supplement to take if you're trying to optimize your testosterone levels. And it also helps you with your mood and energy levels. But you're under the sun. You're so, doing so math. sun, sun does that. So the those sun. Are a lot of these office jobs, so people yes. are inside versus outside. Sedentary, right? They're not getting it. Bingo. So now that that's one. Two, you're moving a lot more. Yeah. You're moving a lot more, which is involving you to have to create more more of an appetizer. You're yeah. eating more. Yeah. You're hydrating more because it's manual labor. You're thirsty. You're eating more. You're under under the sun. Vitamin D three and all this physical activity is helping you build muscle. Help, yeah. Helping you build that hormone level. Dude, now fast forward. Yeah. Now there's a lot of businesses behind the desk, seated positions where you're behind Zoom calls. 12, 13 hours a That's day, meetings after meetings after That's meetings, commute, sitting yeah. in your chair, traveling, yeah. all this. Now we're leaving uh, sedentary lifestyles in an office, no windows, UV lighting, no sun exposure, no physical activity by the one time that you go out with your trainer. Or you, even if you don't train, now you're just literally reducing your, your testosterone levels. And I guarantee you, most of the people watching this now live or going to watch it in, in the future, that whatever time frame you're going to be watching, I guarantee you, if you go get your testosterone levels checked out, they are not in normal ranges. They're either too low or you're about to cross that low line. And that's the reason why you have brain fog. That's the reason why you have, you don't have mental clarity. That's the reason why you're losing losing motivation for life and you don't have that drive for life to want to do more. That's why you're going through the motions. That's why you can't get you can't get your heart on. That's why you can't please your wife. That's why your your motivation for life is whack. That's why you're gaining fat. That's why you can't build muscle and that's why you have a hard time sleeping which is also affecting you. Your testosterone levels men plays a massive role in your life and you have to be in charge of that it's not your boss it's not your manager it's not your wife it's not your children it's not your pay it's not your lifestyle it's none of that 
there's no external factors that play a massive role more than your internal, which is your testosterone levels. And I encourage every single man, women too, but I encourage every single man to at least get that checked out twice a year. And you will see it, the moment you become attentive to that specific part of your life, your life will completely change. Bingo. Sp- speaking of uh, high testosterone levels, let's take a look at this new LeBron James shooting stars film. Uh, let's, see, uh, let's go to this article right here. LeBron James, uh, later, let me get off this. Uh, uh, let's look at my screen. Good. So LeBron James shooting, film, uh, filming this movie, set to release this year, Shooting Stars, goes beyond basketball to highly power friendship and mentors. And so and I, I was so enamored by uh, him. I, by the way, I'm not a LeBron guy. I am a Michael Jordan guy. Yeah. Okay? I'm behind MJ. He's the GOAT. But I got to respect what LeBron has done throughout his 20-plus year career in, in, in the NBA. And now... His son is greatly blessed. Bronny James just signed, signed a multi-million dollar NIL deal, uh, and he's not even a pro. Yeah. He's in college, or he's going to college. But we don't know if he's going to go to college. We'll, we'll see here in a minute. Yeah. But uh, uh, what's interesting, I wanted to go over this. I'm, I'm looking forward to how, how his story unfolds. Um, in his film, they talk about basketball, but I feel like the movie represents more than life. Basketball is more than a game. It's about friendship. It's about a bond. It's about all community. There are parallels in this film that people don't see. The people, uh, don't forget about the people that love you and support you because you're going to need them at the end of the day. When all else fails, when your back's against the wall, you're going to need that person to have your back. What I appreciate about LeBron <laughs> is not necessarily his role as an athlete. Uh, what I appreciate about LeBron is his ability to take that money and fund different businesses. And in this case, different movies. I just was taking a look at some of the movies that, uh, that he's, he's created. Obviously, Space Jam 2 is a movie he created. Uh, his participation in NBA 2K20, um, a student athlete. It's another uh, 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 production he, he, he funded, more than an athlete, uh, The Shop. These are all uh, movies and documentaries and shows that he's funded in finance. Um, a lot of things, The Wall, uh, that was, my, my, uh, my, my, my mom saw this this weekend. She was hanging at the house. She was watching this wall um, a game show, Survivor's Remorse. Um, all four of them, the, the, the LeBrons, more than a game. I think Shut Up and Dribble was one that we just uh, uh, discussed previously. But it tells a lot about him wanting to be a storyteller. It's all about him wanting to help the community see a different light about what their experience can be, especially him coming from Akron, Ohio, especially him coming from the hood, to use the game of basketball as a way to shed light. So the, if there's one lesson to learn here, your pursuit of entrepreneurship, your pursuit to making a lot of money, isn't for you just to have a certain status. Four phases of income that you're going to experience. Number one, the survival phase. Like, I'm just barely surviving. That's one phase of income levels that you're experiencing. I'm just barely surviving. If you take charge of your income, then you can start enjoying the next phase, which is status. You can eat at these restaurants. You can buy this car. You can live in this neighborhood. You can you know, have this uh, credit card, et cetera, et cetera. You got status now. The third phase after that then is freedom, financial freedom. You retired your mom, your dad on both sides. You're helping people in your community. You're tithing a lot to the church. You you have hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in a bank. You have financial freedom. You, your expenses are way low before your income. You have financial freedom. Fourth, the fourth phase is purpose. And the reason why you want to make a lot of money is to slide into that, to slide into the purpose for you to financially express your God-given talent and purpose and reason why you're here on that platform. His platform is the NBA. His platform is athletics. What's your platform? What platform are you going to elevate so therefore your message, your purpose, you're the messenger. Are you going to talk uh, uh, on a small hill 
or you're gonna top talk on the top of a mountaintop. Your choice based on the actions and the commitment you're willing to pursue. And I appreciate him for that example. Um, while we stay on the subject of sports, um, speaking of financial freedom, you can say yes to things when you're. You, you, by the way, when you're in survivor phase, you say yes to everything, most everything. When you have financial freedom and purpose, you say no to a lot of things. And uh, this um, this article talks about Messi. Can we look at my uh, screen here, my, my computer? So Lionel Messi was said to have signed a deal to play soccer in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is trying to build up the soccer league. But he turned him down. Lionel Messi, who is the, who's the goat of soccer, okay, uh, based on what he just did in the World Cup here um, uh, the, the last uh, time here. In, uh, where, where's it played? Was it, uh, where's the World Cup? Was it Russia? Where, where, where's the World Cup played? Uh, Qatar. Qatar, Qatar, yeah, Qatar. excuse me, yeah, Qatar. Qatar, right? Uh, Rodolfo Vargas was out there with his dad, and he just couldn't believe it, you know, from the immigrants from El Salvador, our business partners out of Houston. But when he won that World Cup, he is the hands-down goat. Was it Maradona? Was it, uh, um, was it uh, um, what's the, uh, sorry, a good-looking guy? Rodolfo. Uh, uh, Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Sorry, Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Right? Messi's the goat. So he turned him down to go play where? MLS? He's coming to Fort Lauderdale. He's coming to a uh, uh, um, uh, 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 football club into Miami. And so that's a big boost for America. Uh, where is soccer going? I, I mean, uh, yeah, you mentioned that you had I, – I'm not, I'm not a soccer guy. Um, I'm more of a basketball football guy, football guy primary. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, he's coming to America, yeah. the biggest name in soccer. I think that's going to bring more light to America, definitely bring more traffic through 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 what we have here going on in the United States. But also for him, the cool thing about this is um, it, it does read it does read that it include uh, it, it includes commercial contracts with Apple and Adidas, which are two key you know partners for the MLS. And it also could also give Messi an option to purchase a minority stake in Inter Miami, which obviously is going to surely boost the profile of soccer in the United States. Because before that, it was there's really no one that's of popularity here yep. in, in in the united states but now that we have this man walking through the doors of this yep. of this country is definitely going to uh set off a new tone for our, our league yeah let's, let's look at my screen one more time jordan he's partnering with his buddy david <coughs> beckham who's another soccer great yeah uh this soccer club this football club is at the bottom right now of 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 the league and it's a massive publicity coup grabbing all these eyeballs that he's coming to the mls this is crazy it's like bringing the Michael Jordan of soccer into the United States. It's a big, it's a big deal. Um, what's cool about this is, so what did he turn that $400 million for? Number one, he's got money in the bank already. Yeah. He's got financial freedom. Yeah. He's on purpose. The MLS has offered the Argentinian a revenue-sharing deal with Adidas and Apple. So now he's in business with who? Adidas and Apple, yeah. which broadcast the league. There have been reports that Messi, like Beckham, will be offered the chance to own an MLS team when he retires. He's following the Michael Jordan blueprint. Being able to own something. When you're Being able to own something. So, you know, the, there's one thing to act like a player, to play like a player. But there's another thing to think like an owner. And I think that's where a lot of the athletes that we've talked to, a lot of our clients are athletes, is for me coaching them on, okay, you've made your My Name's platform. You're the best of the best. You're one of the elite people that's ever played the sport to play and do this for a living, a child's game. Now, you got to think like an owner. How do I maximize this money for the rest of my life? How do I feed into other businesses? How do I feed into other opportunities? So therefore, I have a recurring income for the rest of my life because I have something that a lot of people don't have. They have 
the status of being an, an, an elite player in that sport. And number two, the multi, multi, multi millions it pays you. So good job for Messi. Uh, um, we watched uh, Air. Have you watched Air yet? With, I have uh, not, no. Oh, you gotta, we got to watch Air. What, what, it's, it's, a, it's a business click. We, uh, Patrick uh, uh, rented out the, um, the theater here in Dallas, and we watched it as a team, as, as, mm. as a company, and we unpacked, and Patrick loves to do that. And um, we, we, we looked at the deal was going down. The GOAT of the conversation was nobody at Nike. The GOAT was, uh, even the Sonny Vaccaro was, was very instrumental. Obviously, he was the one who made the deal and had the vision to do it. But the GOAT of that entire movie was not Michael Jordan either. It was Michael Jordan's mom. And speaking of mothers, today's my mother's birthday. Uh, we sang happy birthday to her yesterday. We had a professional, um, uh, they're not part of our organization, um, uh, Ludwig Henderson and, and, uh, and, and, and Sunday, they're part of our team now, and they're working with us to coach them in the insurance business. But they're, they won a, a show in, uh, in 2010 called the NBC Sing-Off, and uh, famous uh, artists and recording artists, now they're part of our team in the insurance business. And they sang a song for my mom. They sang a song, Lean On Me, and Happy Birthday, obviously, and, and, and Lean On Me. But uh, the goat of that scenario for Michael Jordan was his mother. The goat of my life, for me to see what I need to see and to be prayed upon in the times I didn't know any prayer, is my mother. So today, Mom, if you're watching this, I love you. Happy birthday. You're 21 years old again. And uh, the, the more the years goes by, the younger you become. My mom's spirit. You know, you, Great you, lady. My mom is, yeah, uh, is, is, is the age that she's at. But uh, everybody in my company, everybody in my team loves my mother. So, Mom, happy birthday happy to birthday, you. Happy birthday, Mr. Paula. Happy and birthday. Greatest, the greatest is still yet to come for you, Mom. Enjoy the year ahead. So, that being said, bro, I appreciate your time, man. And uh, any final thoughts, boy, before we wrap up? Be intentional with your lives. You don't know when the last day it is that you have on this physical earth. Enjoy every single moment. Be smart. Be proactive. Serve. Invest. Love. Give grace. And most of all, Keep watching this podcast. We got a lot more coming. Come out. on, baby. Yeah. We're only on episode 23. We got hundreds and thousands, yeah. tens of thousands to go. We, we've committed We've committed to this thing. So uh, with that being said, guys, we have some interesting interviews uh, lined up for this month. We got some professional athletes coming here. Uh, we got uh, some political uh, uh, figureheads here in Dallas that we're going to be talking to as well. So make sure you stay posted to this Millionaire Goals podcast, a podcast dedicated to help you think like a millionaire strategize like a millionaire. So therefore, one day you will become a first-generation cash flow millionaire. On behalf of Milton Alvarez from Dallas, Texas, I'm your mighty smart guy. And until we meet again, continue to live smart, continue to love smart, and be mighty smart today. See you next Wednesday. Bye-bye.